This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On the heels of a very busy weekend of University of Alabama Athletics, it is a Monday edition a BOL Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for you there at BOL with you three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're going to help you try to get through that initial malaise known as the Mondays here on Daybreak. Uh, again, a lot to cover. We're going to cover numerous sports. We're probably even going to get outside of University of Alabama athletics a little bit. How could we not? I mean, we had Deontay Wilder, the Tuscaloosa native, in a heavyweight championship boxing match Saturday night in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, that did not go Tuscaloosa's way as the bronze bomber falls victim to a seventh round TKO at the hands, those capable hands of Tyson Fury. Uh, did you pay the 79 99 for the pay-per-view, we did at Casa de Ryer. Wasn't exactly the outcome we were looking for, but at least the fighters, right? At least the fighters got into the ring before midnight central time. That's a W. That's a victory in and of itself. But certainly hope that Deontay bounces back from that tough loss. All the credit in the world to Tyson Fury, one of the most skilled heavyweight uh, champions that you'll ever see. You got to go back many, many years to find a guy that's 6'9, 270 pounds that can move like that guy can. And again, just the polish and skill as a technician uh, in the squared circle. So we had that on Saturday night, but to kind of get the weekend going, you had a lot of baseball, you had a lot of softball. We'll get into that. We're going to get into the NFL combine that is cranking up in Indianapolis coming up this week. So we've got a smorgasbord of topics to hit on on this Monday morning. We'll start, though, with Alabama men's basketball. Can you figure this team out at this point? Goes on the road Saturday night over in Oxford and hammers Ole Miss and in the process exceeds 100 points or hits 100 points in regulation time for the first time since the 2002 season. you got to go back to the Arkansas, one of those Arkansas games in 2002 to find the last time that happened. You had a technical foul fest there in the early stages of the second half Saturday night. It was getting a little heated over there at the Pavilion. Nate Oates gets teed up. Brian Tyree, the outstanding Ole Miss guard, gets teed up. Head coach Kermit Davis gets ejected after his sec second technical. Uh, but when it's all said and done, Alabama bounces back from that midweek loss to Texas A&M here in Tuscaloosa and gets the job done and lures you back in one more time, right? As an Alabama fan, lures you right back in, makes you start looking at those uh, net rankings again. Suddenly you got to check out the metrics as an Alabama team that had five players in double figures Saturday night, John Petty with 21, uh, Jaden Shackelford with 18, Kyra Lewis Jr. with 17. Uh, you had uh, Reese, Alex Reese with 12 
And JV and Davis going back to his home state gets a dozen in the win. Bench scoring in the game was very big, by the way. We talk about some of these guys, uh, and, and some of that had to do with uh, guys coming off the bench. Alabama's bench outscores Ole Miss 31-9 to in that area. Uh, when you talk about three-point shooting, Alabama more efficient, still getting up somewhere in the neighborhood of 33s. That's kind of on average for this team. Actually, a little low for what we've seen of late. 29 threes go up for Alabama. 13 of them go in for right around 45%. So that's a very acceptable rate. Meanwhile, Ole Miss just 6 of 19 from beyond the arc. Points in the paint, a stat that hadn't been very friendly to Alabama, as we know. Uh, it was on Saturday night. Alabama outscores Ole Miss 40 to 26 in the paint. And Kyra with a double-double after he dishes out the 11 assists to go along with the 17 points. And with that win, Alabama 15-12, and 7-7 and seven in the SEC, and now shifts its attention to a suddenly important road game at Mississippi State. That game set for Tuesday, tomorrow night, uh, 8 Central on the SEC Network. State, State got bit by the Aggies, just like Alabama at midweek last week. Mississippi State loses on the road on Saturday uh, in College Station. So the Bulldogs still very much playing for its for their NCAA tournament lives at 17 and 10 overall and now eight and six in the league. Alabama took the first meeting this season between these two teams, uh, winning 90 to 69 here in Tuscaloosa. And that was another game in which five Alabama players hit double figures and another game in which the bench was big from the Alabama perspective. That dynamic's changed a little bit with how the starting lineup has changed somewhat with Jaden Shackelford being more of a starter of late. But in that game in early January, Alabama's bench outscored states 30-9. to So there you go. You got Mississippi State at the hump tomorrow night for Alabama. And then South Carolina comes in here on Saturday. That's going to be a 7.30 primetime tip. And as we told you before here on Daybreak, everything Alabama does on the basketball court from the men's side of things from now through the end of the regular season will take place on the SEC Network. All these games are going to be on SECN. Speaking of basketball and speaking of the hump and speaking of Mississippi State, Did you see the Alabama women yesterday afternoon? Christy Curry's team goes into Starkville and shocks ninth-ranked Mississippi State 66-64. The Crimson Tide trailed by double digits in both halves of that game yesterday before a 20-point outburst from wing Jasmine Walker put the Crimson Tide in a position to win on the game's final play. And with that, Jordan Lewis... Uh, The veteran point guard drove the baseline, missed on a runner, but it was cleaned up by Megan Abrams. That weak side side tip-in, that weak side rebound that gets you so often uh, if you're a a defensive team. Megan Abrams with the game-winning tip, and uh, that improves Alabama to 16-11 overall and and 6-8 in the SEC. Alabama has four losses this season in SEC play of five points or less, but not this time on Sunday. As we really got to look at what this team is capable of when Jordan Lewis, Sierra Johnson, 
and Jasmine Walker are all playing at a high level together. That hasn't happened enough throughout this season. But Alabama goes 9 of 14 from 3 in the game on Sunday. State just 1 of 8. Alabama in the second half does a much better job of taking care of the basketball. Um, From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! And then there were spots... Uh, in 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 the second half, especially, uh, where the veteran presence for Alabama was a major factor in this game. Jordan Lewis is a vet. Uh, Jasmine Walker is a vet. Sierra Johnson is a senior. Megan Abrams has played a lot of basketball. Uh, so Mississippi State, as talented as the Bulldogs are, in recent years has seen some of its top backcourt performers move on and that's where that team lacks a little bit of maturity and typically guard play uh if you're if you're uh inexperienced to an extent that's where it'll tell on you a little bit but it was Alabama that got the job done first win on the road against a top 10 opponent for the Alabama women's basketball team uh in six years and now Alabama, a good bet for the women's NIT and a win on Sunday that certainly should go a long way in improving its seeding for the SEC tournament coming up in Greenville in a couple weeks. And remember now, regular season of women's basketball wraps up a little bit earlier. So this week coming up, this week right now, is the final regular season week for SEC women's basketball. And it doesn't get any easier for Alabama as it must go on the road Thursday to College Station to take on 16th-ranked Texas A&M. The Aggies beat Alabama here in Tuscaloosa last month and did so without its best player, Kennedy Carter, on the floor. Carter is back for the Aggies. So, again, big challenge, big challenge, but another opportunity for Alabama women's basketball before it returns home next weekend to wrap up the regular season with a home game against Missouri and then again before moving on to that SEC Women's Tournament in Greenville, South Carolina. Now let's talk about the Diamonds a little bit here on BOL Daybreak on this Monday. Alabama baseball goes out to Las Vegas, sweeps the hustling Rebels of UNLV uh, 3-0 out there. You had two games on Friday. Played a doubleheader on Friday, anticipating inclement weather on Saturday. And then the single game yesterday, Alabama outscores UNLV 18-5 over the three games. Alabama now 7-0 on the season. UNLV drops to 1-6. Took that doubleheader on Friday by scores of 8-0 and 5-4. Jackson Tate with the big blow in that second game, the one-run game, Uh, providing the game winner in the nightcap with a solo home run in the top of the ninth. For the weekend, Alabama with 14 extra base hits. Sam Prater, Tyler Gentry posting multiple home run performances uh, on the road trip. And just as importantly, if not more, a couple of these left-handed freshman pitchers getting the job done for the second weekend in a row with an emphasis on Friday starter, number one starter right now, Connor Prelip. The Wisconsin native, when you look at his first two starts to this point of the the young season, nine innings pitch, one hit, zero runs. He struck out 15, and he's allowed five walks. And Antoine John, for the second straight Sunday, gets the job done 
as a true freshman. Uh, and between these two young arms, we're talking about one earned run allowed between them uh, in their two starts over these first two weekends. Alabama now gets UT Martin here in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday. That's a 3 o'clock first pitch at the Joe. Wednesday, you're going to have Middle Tennessee in here for another 3 o'clock first pitch at the Joe. And then the Crimson takes on the Crimson Tide this weekend. Harvard. Harvard coming down from Cambridge to take on Alabama baseball this weekend for a series at Sewell Thomas Stadium. Sticking with the Diamonds, Alabama softball with a 5-0 weekend taking wins over Wichita State, Penn State times two, and Louisville times two. Outscored their opponents in those five games by a combined margin of 51-8 to eight over 28 innings uh, at the Rhodes House in the uh, in the uh, in the five games you had four run roll jobs in those five games so it was very much a needed feel-good weekend for this team after those two very highly competitive weekends against largely top 25 competition both in Tallahassee and Clearwater Montana Fouts, Lexi Kilfoyle, both picked up two wins in the circle over the weekend. Crystal Goodman got a win. Sarah Cornell, the fourth arm, working in relief of Crystal Goodman in her W. Cleaned up some things defensively as the weekend moved along. Not perfect at this point by any means, but you get more innings, you get more experience, more opportunities for Skylar Wallace at shortstop in place of Claire Jenkins. Freshman catcher Abby Dore gets some needed experience behind the plate. And you're coming off a weekend in which six starters in this lineup for Alabama are now hitting north of 300. KB Sides, Alexis Mack, Skylar Wallace, Bailey Hempful, Maddie Morgan, and Savannah Woodard. Uh, this team so far through 14 games, now at 9-5 and five after the 5-0 and o weekend, 33 extra base hits, just seven home runs. That's a little bit of a low number, you would think, right? For this lineup, this returning lineup through seven games. So uh, you got to think, excuse me, 14 games, seven home runs. You got to think the power will continue to improve. Alabama, again, now 9-5 and five overall, going to have a road game. Coming up on Wednesday over in Birmingham against UAB. Uh, UA will then host the Easton Crimson Classic this weekend. And that event will be highlighted uh, by some matchups. A couple of matchups between Alabama and Arizona. Those games will be on Friday and Saturday of this weekend. Alabama and Arizona as a part of that event coming up here in Tuscaloosa. Zona will come to Tuscaloosa with a 12-3 record with one of those wins coming against Auburn its last time out over the weekend. Uh, Two of Arizona's three losses this season so far came over the weekend against SEC competition in Texas A&M and the Florida Gators. From a football perspective, Big week coming up for NFL hopefuls from the University of Alabama as the combine, the NFL combine, gets underway up in Indianapolis. On the field work starts on Thursday, and if you haven't heard already, the event is going primetime this year. That's right. You're going to have coverage on the NFL Network from 3 to 10, 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. Central, Thursday through Saturday afternoon, evening, nights. And then Sunday, you're going to wrap up the the on-the-field work 
with a 1 to 6 p.m. Central window to sort of close things out. Now, you're going to have the wide receivers on Thursday, so the Henry Ruggs III 40-yard dash watch is going to be in full effect. And, hey, look, Jerry Judy, by the way, no talk about Jerry Judy, really, with Ruggs anticipated to run somewhere south of 4-3. Jerry Judy might run something pretty fleet on Thursday. So here's how it's going to break down coming up this week, and we'll talk more about this as we move throughout the week, both with Tim Watts on the TR and T, T Watts and TR podcast on Tuesday, and then once again as we get into daybreak on Wednesday The breakdown for Alabama on a daily basis in terms of on-the-field work on Thursday with those wide receivers and quarterbacks, you're going to have Henry Ruggs III and Jerry Judy, as we know, Tuatanga-Vailoa, not going to be able to participate in on-the-field work, but a huge week for Tua from a medical perspective with all of the staffs from the 32 teams in one place there to poke and prod and check and do all the things they want to do with Tua and that hip. A huge, huge few days for Tua up in Indianapolis. So we'll see Henry Ruggs the third run. We anticipate Jerry Judy running on Thursday. On Friday, Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle who, based on mocks anyway, continues to sort of skyrocket into the first round of those mocks looking ahead to April's draft. Jedrick Wills on Friday with the offensive lineman. On Saturday, you're going to have outside linebackers and defensive linemen. So for Alabama, that means Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis, the outside linebackers, and also Raquan Davis with a chance to display his talents for the uh, NFL scouts. Raquan uh, checked out of that senior bowl, as you recall, with an ankle issue, uh, the lingering ankle issue from the end of the 2019 season. So from a health perspective, really all three of those guys. Anthony's had some uh, a pretty uh, you know well-noted injury history. We all know the, the obstacles that Terrell Lewis has had to overcome uh, in the two years prior to the 2019 season. Raekwon dealing with that ankle late uh, in his senior campaign. So those will be some things to keep an eye on with those three guys. And then on Sunday with the defensive backs, you're going to have Shaheem Carter, Trayvon Diggs, and Xavier McKinney. Shaheem Carter didn't get the nod at the Senior Bowl. Jared Maiden did, but they sort of have swapped places here uh, with the Combine, with Shaheem getting the Combine invite and Jared Maiden not so much uh, from that perspective. And I'm, I'm interested, too to see what some of those guys run. We talk so much about the wide receivers, but I'm really interested to see what Trayvon Diggs runs as a corner. Uh, I think it's going to be big for Xavier McKinney. Uh, there's going to be comparisons made between Xavier and Landon Collins. Are they both? Is, is McKinney a box safety along the lines that Landon was? Can he run a time uh, better, faster than what Landon ran? Uh, four or five years ago, I think Landon was somewhere in the four five, mid four five range. So anywhere south of that as a safety, I think Xavier's going to be uh, looked upon in a very, very, very positive light. So there you go. There is a bit of a recap from the weekend. Alabama gymnastics also on Friday. We want to note with a nice performance, albeit in a loss to a powerful Florida team down in Gainesville, but Dana Duckworth's team scores a 197.450 in that meet. 
and you'll take those those one mid 197s all day long especially on the road so while it didn't come in a win still again something that can uh, be looked upon uh, in a positive light that's going to do it for a monday edition of bol daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. We hope you get through a Monday as good as you possibly can, and we look forward to catching up with you again next time right here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Schreier signing off for now. Have a great day, everybody. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.